Next on BYUSN, Super Bowl win number two for Andy Reid. Where does he rank all time as far as Cougars and the pros go? And do the BYU men's basketball close losses to the Zags give you hope for the West Coast Conference Tournament? More moral victories, please. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Monday, February 13th. I am Spencer Linton. He is the man who always wears a black sweatshirt after a tough BYU loss, Jerem Jordan. This one specifically, which I do clean after each and every one. Um, <laughs> cups, by the way. Look at this. A little, little safety we're, we're moving up. We're, we're moving up in the in world, right? I can tell you what's in here, but uh, on today's show, <laughs> the legacy of Andy Reid among Cougars in the NFL. Brian Keel discusses the Super Bowl and uh, Brother Reid. Are we feeling like the men's basketball team's got a shot at making a run in the West Coast Conference Tournament because they're playing the Zags tough, or do you just lose and eh, we'll see? Plus, two dudes from the 4x400 record-setting track team, Josh Taylor and Trey Jackson, talk about running fast with us mm -hmm. later. But first, today's headlines. Beginning with, yeah, a super Sunday and a super win for Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs. His second victory in the biggest of all football games, defeating the Eagles 38-35. Andy Reid now has 22 playoff wins all time. Holy cow. Matt Bushman and Zane Anderson, former Cougars, are also on the Chiefs practice squad. Do they get rings? I am told they do. I don't know that for sure, but I'm, I'm uh, excited for them either way. Awesome. Yeah. Men's basketball lose to number 16, Gonzaga, 88-81. Spencer Johnson and Foose had 17. BYU led this game in the final four minutes, Ugh. but ended up uh, giving up a 17-8 run. Tough for the Cougars to defend without fouling in this one. A lot of free throws, a lot of uh, social media complaints about officiating, which is what <laughs> happens when you lose. No one credits the refs when you win, uh, which was the Super Bowl as well, but uh, BYU loses in Spokane again. More fouls and free throws, said no one ever. Yay. BYU women's basketball bounces back in a major way, defeating LMU 67-42 to snap their three-game losing streak. Lauren Gustin Finished with 21 points, 17 rebounds, which is about her average on the season. Gustin is the first player in both men's and women's basketball this season to hit 400 points scored and 400 rebounds collected in a season. It's incredible. Well done. 10th ranked men's volleyball beats number 14 UC Santa Barbara in four sets, Friday and Saturday night. Saturday Woo! night, Mix Romanus led the way with the team high 19 kills. Cougars are 8-2, equaling the win total from last season. Mm -hmm. How about that? Mm -hmm. Two big games at longtime rival UCLA, who took down number two Long Beach State on the road last week. They'll probably be up to two or three coming up this weekend. BYU men's and women's track and field competing in Texas and Boston. Jerem just mentioned it. Eli Hazlitt, Trey Jackson, Spencer Carlisle, and Josh Taylor set the 4x400 school record. Casey Klinger, Creed Thompson, and Ryan Siebert finished in the top 10 in their events. For the women, Sierra Tidwell-Alfin won the high jump. Marianne Barber won the 200-meter B section. And the 4x400 relay team on the women's side also took first. Softball team, 2-2 two two after the opening weekend of the season in Puerto Vallarta. Friday, the Cougars lost 10-2 to Maryland mm. and beat North Dakota State 10-1. Take that, Bison. Cougars head to Tempe, Arizona for five games starting Thursday. BYU Gymnastics loses a home dual meet against the top team in the Mountain Room Gymnastics Conference, Southern Utah, who put up a season-best 197.125. BYU responded with a 196.150. That in spite of two falls on the beam. Elise Rollins was excellent on the beam. She finished with a season-high 995 All-American score. She's trying to do it again. Women's golf teed off an hour ago in the San Diego State Classic in Rancho Santa Fe, California. That runs today and tomorrow. 
Women's tennis defeats Utah State at home 7 to nothing. Men's tennis losing to the Aggies 5 to 2. All rise and shout. It is time for what's trending. And a super trending at that. Andy Reid, we just mentioned it, wins his second Super Bowl as a head coach. He's coached in four now, one with the Eagles, three with the Kansas City Chiefs, has won both with Kansas City, and he continues to climb up not just all-time all-pro ranks for BYU circles, but, I mean, he's becoming one of the all-time coaches in NFL history. It's incredible. But for now, Jerem, our conversation today centers on where does Andy Reid rank right now in Cougars in the pros. Yeah, we haven't had a, a coach conversation relative to how Andy fits into this. So, yeah, I think it's Steve Young one. I think it's Andy Reid too. I think he's been incredible. 14th coach to win two Super Bowls. Nine of those, by the way, guys are in Canton. A couple uh, still coaching, of course. You mentioned the four Super Bowls. Uh, winning, uh, winningest coach for two franchises in the NFL. Eagles Amazing. And Chiefs. 14 years uh, with the Eagles, 10 now with the Chiefs. Can't believe it's been 10. He'd probably go four more. Just go nice even uh, 28 there, 14-14. Second most wins among active coaches. Of course, Bill Belichick of the Patriots, number one there. Uh, second most wins per season behind Belichick um, at 10 a year. Like 10 a year. You're making the playoffs almost every year. Uh, fifth in wins all time, 248. Two shy of Tom Landry and uh, behind Belichick, who's in third. Yeah, he is, he is uh, one of the greats in the NFL. So why wouldn't he be one of the greats out of BYU? That's produced some really good NFL players. Um, and as a coach, I, I've said this, and I don't think it's a hot take. I just, don't, I just think we're uncomfortable saying it, but it, I feel it, is that at some point Andy Reid passed Lavelle Edwards as mm. the best coach from connected to BYU. He, it's no disrespect to Lavelle, of course. We love Lavelle. He built on what Lavelle taught him, what he learned here the principles that they would espouse and discuss weekly throughout Andy's career. Lavelle kept that correspondence with one of his greatest, if not greatest, pupil of all time, Andy Reid. So it's fun to see Andy thrive at the next level, and he represents BYU in a great way. Someone asked him about drinking coffee, he doesn't drink coffee, how do you get going in the morning? I just get up and go. I have a lot of energy for a chubby guy, he yeah, says. Yeah, he's the best. Yeah, he's awesome. Great, fun personality. Chad Lewis, uh, you know, told us uh, during the bye week last year, he came and visited Provo and he wanted to go to the BYU football game, but he didn't want to be in a box. He wanted to sit out with everybody. Like, who does that? Who does that? It's pretty cool. Andy um, Reid. He's great. Um, and I looked around the Elvis Corum yesterday and I noticed the son Spencer wasn't there. And of course he was probably at the game, <laughs> which by the way, his, so one of Andy's grandkids, who's in my son's primary class, I said to Tate, hey, that's the kid in your primary class in the Super Bowl winning interview mm. with Andy Reid. Like just a fun moment, obviously for everybody. I think he's number two. I, I think it's hard to beat Steve. I don't know if anyone will ever beat Steve. Like, Winning a Super Bowl, throwing six touchdowns, being a part of three Super Bowl champs, two-time MVP, yeah, the MVP five-time All-Pro Bowl, uh, All-Pro, sorry, first or second team. Like, that is <laughs> an unbelievable resume yeah. that perhaps someone will pass one day. And if they do, they pass up Andy and Steve. Two-time NFL MVP is tough to overcome. I it's agree amazing. with you. Andy Reid is number two on the list. And I know he's now won multiple Super Bowls. So, yeah, in that conversation, head-to-head -head with Steve Young, yes, he has coached and led a team to more Super Bowl victories than Steve Young did as a quarterback. But when you're the best player in the game, best player in the game twice, and already in the Hall of Fame, and you have a Super Bowl touchdown pass record that might never be broken, that's tough to beat. So I, 
my, my bigger question this morning is, what would it take for Andy Reid to overcome Steve Young in that like conversation? Like if he won two more? Maybe. Or something? Now he's, he's coached four Super Bowl victories? Yeah. It probably Maybe. would take something like that to, like, get up there yeah. with a player who is the best player in the league twice. Yes. That, so it, it's tough. As a head coach, trying to overcome, like, a player as the best former Cougar in the NFL in any of those capacities – it's going to take probably two more Super Bowl victories and Andy Reid to reach Bill Belichick-type levels of overall wins, overall playoff wins. And, I mean, yeah, so it's, it's no discredit to Andy and what he's accomplished. It's just really hard when you're taking on Steve Young as the former player. And I just thought, okay, let's just throw out the names. Like, if I say Steve Young and Andy Reid, who are most NFL fans going to tell me is the bigger deal right now? Probably still Steve Young because of well it- today Andy Reid <laughs> coming off Super Bowl, but yes, yeah. generally speaking, sure. yeah, you get what and I'm Steve's saying. And Steve's still in the consciousness of everybody because he's on TV. ESPN still, still like, doing the Monday Night Countdown thing, and personality matters. These are two likable guys, right? We love a coach, but we really love a player. Does that make sense? Like we love Dave Rose, we love Stan Watts, who's a uh, basketball Hall of Famer, but we really love Krasimir Chosich, and we really love Jimmer. You know what I mean? Like. You love a coach, for sure, but your fans really love a player. Athletic accomplishment. Like, the, the people in the field, yes. on the court, uh, on the field, on the court, that, those are the ones that really sort of capture the hearts and minds. Coaches also do, yeah. but it's a different kind of love. Um, I think people like players more than coaches. And it's nice when they combine for a great photo. Oh, of course. Uh, classic Steve photo tweeted together last after, night. After, good to see Tammy, the real MVP. Uh, and, and Andy and Steve, pretty cool to see. Steve, whose social media game has elevated, by the way. Indeed, a whole lot of greatness months. in that picture. That's my awesome. Go- my goodness. And Steve rocking the BYU blue. Thanks for that, Steve. Of course he is. <laughs> Surprised he wasn't rocking the Niners red. That, that would work, too. <laughs> Topic two. Do the close losses to Gonzaga, St. Mary's, and others give you hope that this BYU basketball team could do something we haven't seen in a minute, which is make a good run in the West Coast Conference Tournament? Yes. Yeah, on a neutral site, who knows what's going to happen. And frankly, BYU has one of their best wins all season on a neutral site in Las Vegas against Creighton, right? So I. If only the best player for ooh, whoever BYU is. Yeah, I know. I know. I like, like, I like the idea of, of BYU rallying and, and going to the West Coast Conference tournament and, and doing some damage there. But let's qualify the damage. You say, does it give you yeah. hope for the West Coast Conference tournament? Yes. It gives me hope that BYU, as probably the five or the six seed, are going to win an opening round game. And then just maybe, if they're the five seed, they upset the four-seed LMU or Santa Clara, and they get to Monday's semifinals. That's the type of hope that I am uh, carrying right now for BYU, is that the Cougars could win a Friday game. Getting to the semifinal. Could win a Friday game, and then based on matchup, especially if it's LMU. I got I got B- a drink to this. BYU matches up well against LMU. Let's say the Lions slide into the four spot, and BYU's yeah. the five. Yeah. And there is something to being able to play on Friday, and then a team's waited around all week, and then they play Saturday, and, like, you got the momentum, like you've shaken off the rust. This is what the low seeds say. Yes, yes. yes. but it happens. <laughs> like we typically see like one low seed every yeah. year in the West Coast Conference Tournament kind of make a run. and A run is like one they win. They get to Monday's two. semifinal, right? Yeah, um, sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it's what we hope. Santa Clara and San Diego yeah. recently come to mind having done that. I feel like BYU and Portland a few years back. BYU could do that. 
if they have to play on Friday. I hope they don't have to play on Friday, but again, it's going to take something miraculous. They have to win. They'll have to win their last three games to be the number four seed, which includes winning at St. Mary's yeah. and then beating San Francisco no. and Santa Clara at home. Tall task. Tall task. I'll take two of three. Go eight and eight. I would take two of three of the be two the home five games seed. right now. Be the five seed. Yeah. Win on Friday against see what happens Saturday. whoever and then maybe try and take some of that momentum into Saturday. That's yeah. the type of hope that I am carrying after watching BYU compete well again but lose to the top-tier teams. Uh, weirdly, I, I like BYU against Gonzaga this year more than I do against St. Mary's. Is, is that strange? BYU's always matched up better with Gonzaga because they play a similar style. They, uh, they get up and down. Uh, they play good enough defense, although this year BYU's defense has been awesome until last week uh, when BYU gave up 92 and 88. Not great. The hope that we were, I was thinking about, wasn't semifinal based. It was like, can BYU get to the championship game? And, and get, it's like, can BYU do that? We've sh- they've shown that they can play well against some good teams, really well against some good to great teams. Haven't finished, unfortunately, in the final four minutes against some of those teams. They've also lost to the worst team in the league. Yep. They've also lost to South Dakota. Those have been disappointing. BYU is capable of uh, a wide range. I think the range of possibility for this team is wider than any team the last three years. The last three years, we didn't feel like BYU would lose or go to a quarterfinal, that they would get to at least the semifinal. That was the minimum. I think this year, that's like maybe the top of the mountain um, is if BYU got to a semifinal. And I'll advance my sort of losers talk about margin conversation. The lower seeds talk about just getting to the semifinals. Um, and that's where we're at with this team this year. Hopefully, they can figure something out. Um, Ken Palm says he has a luck metric. Uh-huh. BYU's 347 out of 363. I'm glad no, you brought that no up. No luck. They have had terrible it's been luck this year. Now, there's also uh, terrible execution at times um, down the stretch. It, Gonzaga hit three threes in a row and then had three th- free throws with Julian Strother, who picked up his fourth pretty uh, with a lot, of, a lot of minutes left in that game. Fortunately, BYU didn't take advantage there. But, yeah, you look at the – again, losers talk about margins, but this BYU team, let's, let's accentuate what they're doing well, which is they compete. They play hard. Uh, one and four in quad ones. Losses by one, seven, one, seven. Okay? It's one or seven. Um, and then two and four in quad twos. Lost by six, seven, five, eight. We're talking about a couple of possessions here. Team doesn't typically get blown out. They don't get blown out. The Taysom, the Taysom Hill effect is there. Uh, I like talking about that when he played here. BYU never lost by more than two scores. With Taysom Hill's quarterback. BYU's always in that game. Um, you're a touchdown away and an onside away, right? Um, four quad three or quad four losses. Now that is where this team is different. Where it's like, oh, they're losing some of those games. And that what that's what undid BYU's. Um, NIT or even bubbleish possibility is if they don't have any quad three or quad four losses or maybe just one, they're in for sure. They are NIT yeah. for sure. Now it's a possibility, which by the way, there is an NIT bracketology. I was told this. I don't look this up. Seven I'm, seed? Uh, BYU playing Utah Ooh. in the first round. Ooh. That could be interesting. Okay. You already won that game though. We've seen that game. Like, do we want that in the Marriott Center again? Like, they'd have the last laugh maybe? Like, or would it be at the Huntsman Center? Who's the higher seed in that game? Gross. Who's the better NIT seed at the game? Huntsman Center? Who's the better seed in that game? With the top covered because they can't put people up there? Come on now. Let's say the Red Rocks. I'm glad you brought up the luck metric because somebody literally asked me at church yesterday, doesn't it feel just like BYU has had zero luck this season? And I was like, yes. In fact, there's a metric for that. And Ken Pomeroy says BYU is one of the worst. Yeah. Our question of the day is this. With Andy Reid's second Super Bowl championship, 
now that we're talking about actual victories, yeah. is Mr. Reed the greatest Bro- cougar brother, in the pros? At Vol Whisperer answers on Twitter. Actually, I'm going to go to Michael Croxall on Instagram who says, not only does Andy have two rings, the owner of the Kansas City Chiefs and every player made it clear that they know they have the best coach in the National Football League. <laughs> what are they going to say? We have the 14th best coach ever. It's not just BYU fans <laughs> claiming, but the entire nation. He, the, he's one of the best. They're the second best odds to win the Super Bowl preseason. They're like, no, no one, Travis no Kelsey, we can do it. No one of you said we were going to win. It's because Fox picked the Eagles. Whatever. Come on. Check out BYU Basketball with Mark Pope tomorrow, 8.30 Eastern time on the BYU TV app. It's Greg Rubel, the coach and a player. Look back. Tough week at Pepperdine Gonzaga. Big game. Just won this week, Thursday, at home against Santa Clara. Former NFL and BYU linebacker great Brian Keel joins us next hey. to discuss Andy Reid's legacy and BYU football in the Big 12. This is BYU Sports Nation. Even in 480 pixels, it still looks amazing. <laughs> yes, 480p, well done. Those were all highlights of him with the ball, which is how we associate him after the alumni game, because he caught the Hail Mary. Brian you Keel. You almost forget he played defense. Ladies and gentlemen, Brian Keel joining us now uh, as we recap a wild Super Bowl, another victory for Andy Reid. Brian, welcome back to the show. How are you? Doing well. Uh, it's funny you make fun of those pixels. Uh, literally one year ago, the Super Bowl happened, and the next Sunday we didn't have anything to watch, and and so I was I put in the 07 BYU versus Utah tape, uh-huh. and uh, I thought my son would I thought he would be all about it, and he lost interest in like five minutes because <laughs> he couldn't even he couldn't even see the numbers on the jerseys. So it was uh, needless to say we've come a long way from the Mountain days. Yeah, and it feels weird because like we were in school at the same time as you here, and it's like. We didn't think otherwise, uh, but but you nowadays you're like, yeah, we didn't know any better. Four by three, terrible pixels. It's so nice now. Would you have been a higher draft pick if you played now on ESPN in HD? I'm take that is a great point, and you know what? I I got robbed. I would have been I would have been at least second or third round. So much higher. Dennis so much, probably so too. Max would have been drafted. Austin would have gone higher. Yeah, everybody. Harvey would have been drafted. Yeah. yeah. Hey, here's the technology and advancing, not just uh, in TV pixelation, but the Cougars into the Big 12. We'll get to that in just a moment, but I do want to talk about the Super Bowl first, Brian, and because you are a defensive guy and you've had some bad calls made against you and your team have been in similar situations, <laughs> was it defensive holding on the Eagles on that play? You know, I mean – by the letter of the law, he grabbed him. Here's the thing. Uh, that happened. Basically, you can't play defense unless you get a little handsy. And you just literally, you can't do it. You can't cover anybody unless you, you get a little hands on there. And so the rest, they have to use discretion. And, and you know, I, everybody doesn't have a problem with the call being made, but it was the time of the game. You're talking crunch time in the biggest game of the season, and you make that call, and it was—it wasn't the the ball was uncatchable. He wasn't going to get to it, and he, he didn't really restrict him that much. I I have a, a problem with the call. They should they should not have thrown the flag. 
Well, it, it was uh, almost as bad as the turf uh, in that game, which everyone was sliding around on skates. It was, it was crazy. But uh, the Chiefs win. Andy Reid, our guy, uh, gets another one. We were just talking about how we kind of have – we have Steve Young as the greatest Coug in the, in the NFL ever, and then we think Andy Reid's number two. What's your opinion of that? I think with this, I think Andy Reid leapfrogs him. Wow. And um, just with his longevity, I do. With his longevity and – Winning two, and honestly, they would have they would have won it if they had a coin toss against the Patriots in the AFC Championship game. I mean, they would have they would have rolled the Rams that year. Um, so, I mean, they're a coin toss away from another one. And then you just look at his track record and and what he's done on two different teams. And I mean, the guy and just how much everybody loves him. I mean, every everybody likes that guy. He's just a good dude. And so I was so happy for him last night. And um, I was talking to my old man uh, this morning about it, and it's what—it's just you like to see the good guys do well. Uh, there's there's so many clowns in professional sports <laughs> that are really good and they win a lot, and and it kind of like it—it it is what it is. They're good, and you know you tip your hat to them because they're good, and whatever. But Andy's Andy is—he's just one of the good guys. It's nice to see the good guys finish first. Brian Keel is with us on BYU Sports Nation, a good guy in his own right. Brian, what's the Super Bowl party like at your house or wherever you were? Uh, so we, I always go to my parents' house, and, and um, it's there's lots of people. So uh, there's nine kids in my family, and I don't know how many grandkids there are now. Uh, <laughs> there's lots. <laughs> there's I, in the 30s, and uh, there, so there was a, a huge group over there. At one point in time, uh, I was in the other room watching it all by myself, and one of my uh, sisters-in-law came in and she's like, why are you in here alone? And I was like, there's, there's too loud in there. Yes. Yep. Um, yep. So there's lots old. of people getting old. loud. I'm getting old. I want to, <laughs> I want to listen to the game. I, I, I hate when it's like a like third down and someone's trying to talk to me and like, no, wait, wait for a timeout. Like wait for a commercial. Timing I'm matters. trying to watch this. And so, and so anyway, I was, I was watching in there. And then later I had gone back in the main room where everybody was. And that same sister-in-law, she's like, Oh, you're back. And I was like, well, the food's in here, so I'm not going to go hungry. So, you know, you kind of have to, you know, go both sides. You need you need to watch the game, but you also got to eat. The party I was at, it was perfect uh, at my friend Justin's house. We had the serious watchers downstairs where the volume was loud. We could talk, but the focus was on the game. And even during commercials, it was like, okay, this might be a commercial that we're watching actively, uh, which is 80% for, for me. But, yeah, <laughs> yes. it, was, it was a good time. Let's talk about the Big 12 schedule. There, it seems really nice. Like, I'm not sure how much better it could be uh, for BYU in year one. You have Texas and Oklahoma on there. Kind of ease into it with Kansas and Cincinnati. Certainly tough games, but not like right out of the gate playing the top three teams or whatnot. What do you think of the Big 12 schedule for BYU in its first year in the league? Yeah, I love it, man. And it's just – it's it's one of those things. It's like you got to pinch yourself. Um, it, we've, it, we've been hoping and dreaming for this for so long. Um, and it's just, it's only here. It's just, it's so cool. And you look at that schedule and it's just, it's just so different than what we've seen every year of our existence. Um, you know, we, we start off with our non-conference and then after that, it's like one game after the next. And it's just, it's just cool. It's, it's, it's been such a long time coming. And as a former player, I, I'm just jealous. I would, I would kill for that schedule. So I'm, I'm jealous of these guys. I look forward to it, and I, I just can't wait. 
Brian, what's a realistic expectation for wins and losses for this BYU squad who does bring in Keaton Slovis at quarterback and Aiden Robbins at running back, the transfer from UNLV, and an experienced offensive line of sorts, not to mention some pass-catching options, and then they've made huge changes to the defensive staff. So all that said, with so much movement in place and so many changes, and now the Big 12 schedule, what's a realistic expectation for wins and losses? Well, I knew you were going to ask that question. So before we got on, I went through and I counted uh, kind of the games that I, I, I kind of, the ones that I expect us to win, like first two, obviously. And then after that, just kind of the games that we should win. And I came to seven is kind of where I got at was like, I think seven of those games, I expect us to win. And so, you know, we should win seven. If we can get into eight or nine, now that to me is like, wow, we've overachieved. And obviously anything better than that is a fantastic season. Um, if we're less than seven, in my opinion, I think we've underachieved and um, we've underperformed. So that's, that's, what, that's where I see it. Yeah, we could easily walk into the Big 12 and not make a bowl game. Like, it's going to be tough. We could easily walk in and feel like, hey, we got seven and, and maybe that uh, looks like uh, four and five, five and four in the league. I would take either of those numbers uh, probably going into mm -hmm. the Big 12. We'll see. Uh, but the big question that we've saved for last for you is, will you be playing in the alumni game on March 31st <laughs> to somehow equal or top your performance from last year's historic event? I hope to. I, you know, to answer the – I'm a little disappointed that I wasn't Jack DeMooney's first phone call. <laughs> um, I, so I don't know if, if Jack is listening right now. And if he is, what, what's the deal, man? Come on. I was I actually talked to Austin Collie the other day about something completely unrelated. And then after we got done talking about that, he's like, hey, are you playing in the alumni game? And I, I said, I haven't been called yet. And he's like, Jack just called me yesterday. And I was like, well, you know, I don't know if he lost my number or what. But, you know, you think the star of the game would be the first the first call. But I guess not. I don't know. I Many guess are called, so. but few are chosen. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if I made the cut this year, but to answer your question, I would love to play, and uh, I, I've been looking forward to it. I, I had a ball last year. It was so fun. That was I'm, awesome. I'm just going to go ahead and invite you. Yeah, you're I'm, invited. I'm not just, the one to invite. Just, like, you're, you're invited, yeah. man. Yeah. Just show up. Just show, yeah. You're good. I like that. I like that. I'll just show up. <laughs> hey, great stuff, man. We appreciate the insights into the Super Bowl and the Big 12, and we look forward to seeing you at the alumni game for – Part two. Oh, oh we man. don't know what to expect. How, it's going to be tough how, to beat part one. How could it? Encore. The, the, the crowd needs it. They deserve it. Here we come. Encore. <laughs> you got it. Thanks, Brian. Thank you. Brian Keel on BYU Sports Nation alumni game Love superstar. Yeah. Actual superstar in Actual the NFL superstar. at BYU. Yeah. yeah, he was awesome. And the uh, man understands how a Super Bowl party should work. He gets it. He gets it. They need to have moments of quiet. At one point, I kicked out my son, daughter, and a couple of other kids and said, this is for people who are watching the game mm -hmm. over here, okay? You need to go over there. Please leave. <laughs> and, but join us. Don't leave. Uh, Thursday night, 8 Eastern time, men's hoops against Santa Clara, penultimate home game of the season. We got pregame coverage, postgame coverage on BYU TV and the app. Here's a question for you all to ponder during this short break. Should BYU football offensive coordinator Aaron Roderick get some credit for the Chiefs' Super Bowl win? This is BYU Sports Nation. Sorry, what? BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Follow BYU Sports Nation on social media if you'd like. Free country. Mm -hmm. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok.
He's Jerem Jordan. I am Spencer Linton. Happy Monday, y'all. Let's whip it! Cougar Whip Round presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Let us liken this unto ourselves, Nephi. Uh, the Chiefs ran the same play twice for touchdowns yesterday. It so happens to be similar route. Uh, the one the Cougars ran for uh, a touchdown with Cody Epps against Notre Dame. Does A-Rod... Does A-Rod get partial credit for the Chiefs win? Uh, no. In fact, A-Rod probably got this idea from Andy Reid. From somebody else, yeah. No, it's this... the arrow route, and it's beautifully yeah. executed and yeah. run by Cody Epson. Beautiful. A nice throw from Jaron Hall. Yeah, I'm guessing that A-Rod probably got this idea from somebody else, and it might have even been Andy Reid. It could have been. Yeah, this this isn't, uh, yeah, the answer is no. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Steve Sarkeesian did run the same play in the 2020 National Championship game. This route has been run before. For Alabama, game. right? So yeah. we're all in the same <laughs> It's all good. We love A-Rod, but. Phil Odell probably <laughs> ran this in 1966 against uh, Western Michigan. <laughs> the arrow? The, probably. <laughs> Dynamic. Split end. Let's stay with the big game. Jerem, who will be the next BYU Cougar to win a Super Bowl championship? Is it Andy Reid as the head coach of the Chiefs again or somebody else in the field? You certainly feel like Andy Reid and the Chiefs have a great shot. Number um, one odds already I, for next year. Niners are a quarterback away from being real interesting there. So we'll see what happens with that situation. Obviously, Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo and what do you do with Brock Purdy? Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. It might be Jaron Hall's back up on the Seahawks next year. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, and how many years have Probably we given not. this? Like, are we assuming that, a, like, like a, a former BYU Cougar is going to win next year? It could be three years from now, and it sure. could be Andy Reid again with the Chiefs, could right? Yeah. I, I'm taking Andy Reid in this conversation, especially with the, the, the Chiefs being the be odds on favor to win the Super Bowl again next year. Yeah, the, certainly the odds would ever be in his favor, as I'll, they said. I'll take Andy Reid for a yep. third Super Bowl championship. Look out for that cornucopia. Uh, favorite Super Bowl commercial, Sarah McLaughlin or Joel McHale Cougar commercial or other? Uh, yeah, I'm going other, and okay. it's the Breaking Bad commercial. Oh, it was perfect. Popcorners. It was perfect. It, like, amazing. could not have been better. Tight, 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 tight. Comes in six flavors, yo. Make seven! <laughs> <laughs> if you watch Breaking Bad, you'd love that commercial, right? Too cold. If you didn't, you don't know what a... Uh, Will Ferrell uh, in electric vehicles in popular TV shows was pretty funny as well. Although, these aren't commercials per se, but the promo for U2 in the Sphere in Vegas, I will be there. I am so excited. And then the movie trailers. The Flash, Fast X, Transformers, Rise of the Beast, Guardians of the Galaxy. Indiana Galaxy Jones. 3 and so on. Indiana Jones 5. Please be better than 4. Yes, yeah. those were super exciting. The Duncan. Disney 100 commercial, very moving. Okay. That was. I was like, wow, why, why am I feeling so emotional? <laughs> why, are you, why am I crying? Well, why am I crying? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the Dunkin' Donuts commercial was low-key pretty funny, too, with Ben that Affleck. That was funny. Although, can can these uh, companies understand that there are more places of creativity other than hiring a celebrity to just talk? Like, the origination of creativity was a little low for me. Like, it's just like, <laughs> let's just hire that person to do something funny. I just like seeing him in a Dunkin' Donuts hat. Yeah. At the drive With his Boston accent. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. All right. Jake uh, uh, Reepma. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. No, your turn. Go ahead. Go ahead. It's all good. The question is, how would you rate Jerem's set on Saturday? I am Jerem. Hello. Your set. Yeah, so in the volleyball game. Fourth set, uh, a ball comes off the block, comes towards me, and then uh, I set it in the air. Um, the team affirmed it. They looked at me and cheered. The Rock cheered. I felt, I felt pretty good. <laughs> and this, what, what I should have done. There was no lift to Kenzie. Uh, maybe a double contact, although it was the first touch, so no double contact there. But uh, yeah, I set it high in the air, and people, I had like. A bunch of people would be like, on Saturday and Sunday later, we're like, were you the one that said that ball? And I was like, 
yes? And they're like, oh, nice job. I was like, thank you. I feel appreciated. I should have said it to Kenzie, and then she would have hit it. Steve Vale always takes those touches from me. Uh-huh. He was on a cruise. Steve, I, were, I was glad you were on a cruise. I finally got to touch the ball, okay? Wow. It's about time. Wow. But now he knows I'm capable, <laughs> right? No, it's funny. Tom text, the homo text me immediately and goes, uh, that's a double. That's a double contact. I reviewed it. You called double contact? Yeah. Ah. Yeah. For well, what it's worth, I, I thought it looked pretty clean, but again, yeah. upon replay, maybe there is a double it was contact. Into the, well, it was first contact, so it doesn't matter. No. But, you know. All good, man. I thought, it was, I thought it was solid. Thank you. That's the way I roll. I just want to be solid. You don't need my affirmation. You got it from the crowd. I know. I, I was like, is this what it feels like when you do something good in here? I don't care what else I care what the crowd thinks. This is intoxicating. Yeah. Uh, Jake Reepma posted a video of Jamal Williams dancing with his 81-year-old grandma. Mm. Are we going to see Jamal with Dancing with the Stars? Should we at some point? I would love I, If you want me to watch Dancing with the Stars, put Jamal Williams in and I will not miss an episode. Amen. I'll be there. I will not miss an episode. Absolutely. He's, I, he is just huge, amazing personality as we've talked about. That would be so a fun. huge ratings boon for ABC to get Jamal Williams to agree to Dancing with the and Stars. And you bring in some people yes. like us that wouldn't normally watch because we yes. like Jamal. Yeah. I would love to see that happen. Also, like, he is who he is, but he's so genuine. Like, this is just who he is. Yes, that wasn't something contrived or for no. cameras. That's just him this having fun. who he is. He wakes up and he's like that. He's the best. Yes. Love that dude. He well tweeted done, out this Jamal. morning his, like, top three anime characters, whatever. I was like, I don't remember asking, but I'm interested. It, it's because you're Jamal. Yes, because <laughs> he is who he is. I love it. All right, up next on the show, Josh Taylor and Trey Jackson. Hey. They had a record-setting weekend. You guys are speedsters. We're going to discuss exactly how they did it. Up next on BYU Sports Station, dynamic duo on the way. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Welcome back on a winning Monday, especially for the two guys that are about to join us. Alongside Jerem Jordan, I am Spencer Linton. Now, once upon a time, you ran, and you tried to run fast. I did. No matter how fast you would have run, you would not have been fast as these guys. You know what I mean? My 51640 <laughs> as a middle-aged vanilla man, in the words of Jamal Williams. Uh, Jamal Williams did call us that. We'll yeah. go down in history. Uh, yeah, these two guys can run a little faster than a 516 <laughs> yeah. official. Thank goodness. We ain't handing out scholars to hey, guys Hey, do it like when us. you're almost 40 and let me know what you time. I okay. think they will. Josh Taylor, Trey Jackson in the house. What's up, guys? How you doing? Doing great. Doing hey, great. Thanks for having us. It's great to have you on the show after a record-setting weekend, 4x400. And, and you two both accomplished some nice things individually in the 400 as well, but... Let's start with that record-breaking 4 by 400 race. Um, and let's go with you, Josh. Uh, what, when did you know in that race, like, uh, I think we might be doing something special here? Yeah, well, first off, like, we just got a great group of guys that have been working hard. And it goes back to, you know, previous teammates, too, just inspiring us. I remember last year at this meet, we had a great leader, um, Colton Yardley. He just told us, like, hey, like, our coach, he was like, I think you guys can go like 307, 308, and and then Colton pulled us aside. He's like, no, I believe in you guys more. Like, this go, this go 305, 306. And I remember him just inspired me last year and this year. And I was like, we got the same group of guys. We got, you know, we can we can go fast, and we just all believe in each other. Mm-hmm. You beat the record by two seconds. That's which, significant. That's like that's two two full seconds is is a lot. Yeah. Okay. So you do that, Trey. Like, when did you realize? Oh my gosh, we just broke the record. It was it was hilarious because I was second leg right, so kind of in the middle of the pack. Uh, the race is still going right, like uh, you don't know the outcome yet. But then 
uh, I knew once I knew the team, uh, we have such great teammates, and yeah, I knew that we could run that time, and then this guy gets the baton at the very end and then uh, seals the deal. I, mean, I knew once it got in his hands and we were within first place, I knew it was going to be a record Sheesh. broken. That's so. got to be a good feeling. And Josh, you said the, or you tied the 400 record over the weekend. Yeah. Did that happen? Yep. That's amazing. What did that mean to you, man? You know, it was, it's definitely something special. You know, I didn't, I didn't think I was going to be at this spot this quick, but it's, you know, a lot of people behind the scenes just helping me get here. You're officially the fastest person to ever come from Richfield, Utah. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm going to go on a limit. That, that includes our producer, Ben Begley. <laughs> so, no, he's from Smithfield. Oh, Smithfield. Richfield. I thought it was Richfield <laughs> up in uh, Logan, but that's my bad. Oh, that's, that's incredible. So you set the mark, and then Trey, I mean, you take third in the same event all the time. Yeah. I, what, is, what does that mark mean to you on the same weekend that Josh does what he does? It was, it was so it's really funny. I was, I was the first heat. Josh was the second heat. Uh, and so I go out and run the time. I ran 46, 36. You're, You're feeling like, good. You're I'm like, like, beat that. I'm like, that was great. You know, I'm like getting off the track. Like, good luck, Josh. Now, I, know, I, I, have to, I, I know he doesn't need the luck, right? He's going to be fine. But, uh, you know, I'm still feeling kind of gross. I see him come around and times 46, 24, right? 25. Yeah. 25, and I... I was like, well, you know, I'm glad that I was able to play a big part in this 400. <laughs> like Aaron Roderick you know. did for Andy <laughs> Reid, like we yeah. talked about. So. Um, what, you know, the 400's hard. The 400's hard. Why choose the 400, Josh? Honestly, like, yeah, it's tough, but the, the accomplishment after is pretty sweet, too. Like, you feel like you did something. Um, and it's short enough that you don't have to, like, you know, be out there mindlessly running, but... <laughs> <laughs> It's, you know, it's fast <laughs> enough that you get to incorporate speed and then just get out there and, and then, you know, battle it mentally, too. Trey, how long does it take you to recover from a 400? And one that gives you the third best time all time at BYU. Since you don't mindlessly run. Yeah. Right? That's what we just <laughs> yeah. learned. Which no, it's, it's a legit question. I think uh, I, the longer it takes for me to, to recover, I think the better I feel about the race because it meant that I, I ran harder, right? Because if you don't feel that bad, you're like, oh, man, I wish I could have. Could have changed that, but uh, I'd say, like lactic and oh man, I could throw up is like 30 minutes, and then you know you have a lingering <laughs> cough the next few days. And then, oh my goodness, uh, it's that lactic. level. Yeah, it's it's great. I mean, you take the transmission that? in the lungs that hard. Yeah, exactly. Man. So Jeez. same for you, Josh. The same type of deal. Yeah, honestly, like I would say, first 10 minutes you're just kind of like, if it's a good race, you're feeling good, kind of got adrenaline going. Yeah. But then after that, the hamstrings just lock up. You're waddling around. This sounds amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah I would like to go do this, said no one. Um, this is why you're on scholarship in this particular thing. Josh, you have a twin that's in the Marines. Did I read that I right? I do, that's right. Can you do more push-ups than him? Um, you know what? I can't, I can't take the glory here. I'm sure he has me. <laughs> yeah. He yeah. probably has you. You've got him in speed. He's you're got the him yeah. strength. That's awesome. Okay. Yeah. Now, we, we do need to give a shout-out a shout to uh, Eli Haslett and Spencer Carlisle. Yes, also part of the 4x400 team. Um, apparently, because you two are the fastest, you got the invite, and they were just a little too slow. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's not one weird. <laughs> I kid, I kid. I know you love those guys. How They're outside you, ready to pound it. How yeah, long have you been working with this quartet specifically on this race? Mm. Trey, Josh, either one of you can answer that question. How long has it been? Yeah, well... We're all, what's cool is we're all sophomores and we've all just been, you know, working hard since we got here. I think, like, 
we all just believe in each other. Those are great guys. You know, at practice, we're working hard. Yeah. Yeah. When did the team get put together? So it's crazy because we have so many guys who can run great times. Uh, and our coach, Coach Kyle, he is notorious for being secretive about the 4x4 mm. and its order until <laughs> minutes before, right? So he brings in all eight guys, you know, all nine guys who could run it. He goes, okay, you know, we have great wow. guys, great team. This is going to be, you know, we're going to run this team. It's this person, this person, this person in this order. So you kind of just have to wait around and, and see. But as Josh said, I mean, uh, as, for as, an, in, as individual of a sport as track is, uh, we are nothing without the team. And that's sure. what's been able to make this a success and, and will propel us to successes in the future. So it's very fluid. Like it could all change again to the next meet. Oh, for yeah. sure, yeah. We got a lot of good guys. You're like, oh, I know you set the record, but uh, <laughs> didn't get the vibes in the pregame meal or whatever. Yeah, no, Con knows what he's doing. He's a great coach. Um, you were, you did it in Lubbock. Mm -hmm. Give us a sense of sort of, you're going to be in the Big 12 and track, uh, indoor and outdoor. Indoor, you're in the MPSF, which is the same league as BYU men's volleyball. Interestingly enough, outdoor, you're independent. I don't think people know these little facts, but you join a league. What is it going to mean to be in the Big 12? And uh, you've already seen one of the tracks, I guess now, Josh. Yeah, the. Big 12 is going to be awesome. A lot of good athletes from there. And I think it's going to be sweet to have the Big 12 championships, especially in outdoor when we get there. You don't have that right now? No, we just don't have that right now. Just independent. You just try yeah. to make nationals. Yep. Yeah. And so it's going to be really cool to go there and compete in the championship. You know, track, the only way you get points is get top eight at nationals. Mm. That can be pretty tricky. I mean, of course, we're going for those spots. But it'll be cool to, like, have a bigger part of the team play a part in those championships. We made a big deal about football leaving Independence. We did not do outdoor track justice. Uh, now they're <laughs> hopefully, going to the Big 12. Hopefully, we're helping in that. Let's go. Hopefully, we're helping in that. Yes, now. yes. Now they're going to the Big 12. Okay. <laughs> we backpedal. Uh, sorry, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. 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 Um, what kind of a mark is it going to take to win a national championship? Let's say with the 4 by 400 team. Is there a time that you feel like you have to hit to like be at the national championship level? And if so, what is it? I'd say indoor, we probably got to go... Three, it's really interesting. Indoor is such a, it's a sporadic race, right? I mean, it's super tight. And so I think just making it to finals, you have a chance of winning. I think uh, a 304 would probably get us into nationals is what we're saying. 303, okay. 304, 303. Uh, and that's going to be the goal in the next two weeks, try and, and make that and then give ourselves wow. the best shot of getting on top. MPSF Indoor Championships up next. Yes. That's okay. Great. Have you both recovered from Lubbock, and are you feeling okay? Is it lingering cough for a few days? No, I haven't coughed yet, which is huge. That's pretty so. good. <laughs> That's big. The, tra the track hack, I heard. Yes, is what it it's is called. The track hack. <laughs> it, is a, it is a mean one. So. Oh That's man. Funny. Well, in, in all seriousness, congratulations. Yeah, That's nicely done. Incredible nicely effort done. Cool. and so much training and, and work goes into that. So hold that record banner high and. Uh, Go chase something that uh, has never been done before. Get to those nationals. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thank you. It's coming on. Okay, if you miss any of our uh, interviews, shows, games, Deep Blues, you just want to watch them again, go to BYUSN.com or the BYU TV app. Up next, this man's quick to drop a wee when he's talking about his favorite teams. And uh, he's talking all sorts of we yeah. as it pertains to last night's Super Bowl Insufferable win. levels increasing. <laughs> we'll explain next on BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. As always, we're on demand. Jerem Jordan, did you we're, know that? Did we're you know, so you know, on, demand. You know we're on demand. We demand it. You can also download the free apps, BYU TV, BYU Radio. Subscribe to the podcast. Rate it. Review it. Obviously, we'd like a nice review, but uh, you can do what you want.
Uh, we have to review, again, contractually obligated to do this, the fantasy basketball results from last weekend. And Even I, I am getting tired. Absolutely destroyed. Is this what it's like to be Gonzaga in the league? You're just showing up, you just win all the time? Um, yeah, I, I put up a 220 this week thanks to uh, a 50 burger, Lauren Gustin, and a 46 burger. So she's Listen, she scored 96 points for your team. By herself. Okay. Yeah. 96, one player. Yeah, plus 31. I'm 9-1. <laughs> I've locked up the season. It's been a minute. I yeah. figure we only have a couple more weeks. Great. Two in the regular season. One, maybe two in Vegas. How are we going to do that? Like with Friday, Saturday, then Monday, Tuesday? Maybe whoever wins, like, advances in the tournament. Like, so I got to keep winning. Like, I got to win. <laughs> you is, win and I'm done. It is what it is. But, yeah, good, good showing from everybody. Yeah. Holy Julian cow. Julian Strother put up 35, and you had 35 from Drew Timmy. So we were neutralized in our opponent pick. I'm so glad that Julian Strother was great against BYU again. What? Maybe I should go Son's opponent just to degree of difficulty. <laughs> like, I have no opponent. I'm purposely benching my opponent. Or I pick someone that doesn't play. <laughs> Our question of the day. Back to the Super Bowl. Fantastic. With his second Super Bowl championship, is Andy Reid now the greatest cougar in the pros? Rod Kurth on Facebook says, this is his third Super Bowl championship because he also won one as an assistant coach with the Packers, I believe is what he meant to say, correct? Let's face it, the Chiefs came out after halftime and took it to the Eagles in serious fashion. And he called a great second half. They made adjustments, the great halftime adjustments. Yeah, and they won. And amazing, fantastic. Our elite voice of the day presented by PAX Healthcare Elevated comes in from at BYUFan2005 on Twitter saying, Coach put on a master class in the second half. Yeah. If he's not the best Cougar in the National Football League, he's right up there. We have him at number two. We think Steve it's Young. Steve like, Young and then Andy. It's, which is quite the list. All right. Yep. Today's Rise and Shout Out presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Andy um, Reid and the Chiefs, right? Yeah. And speaking of the Chiefs, we should probably Rise and Shout Out. Uh, Shep, who... Loves his Chiefs and now joins <laughs> Oh, the Shep sliding! Hey, we did it! We did it! We we did it! Yes, Chiefs Kingdom. Congrats, man! Thank you. Were, were Thank you, you nervous at halftime? Uh, I was nervous at halftime, but I think we know uh, how that was going to play out. So uh, look. I'm still waiting for Andy. Uh, he's got my number. Mm -hmm. Still waiting to find out. I'm sure <laughs> I need to give him my ring size. Text? He needs to find out what my ring size is. You know is. Zane Anderson. Yeah, so I'm waiting. I can always text to Tammy, Jason. Look, it's fine. <laughs> I know the text is coming. It's, things are, it's busy right now. So I know it's coming. He's still but awake. To, yeah, yeah. For sure. I got love that we have the, the Shep slide in is now. It's now a yeah. thing. The Shep slide, like the Collinsworth slide. <laughs> this feels like, uh, you know, uh, weekend update on SNL now. You're sliding in here. Pete Davidson. Uh, yes, the yes. Look, let me tell you. When You're the clock, too close when the clock hit zero and we were two times Super Bowl champions mm. in the last four years. Amazing. It's crazy. Look. Everybody Three. picked the Eagles, dude. Everybody picked, like, yes. my, my man, Travis Kelsey, oh, was boy. right. Nobody picked the Chiefs. No, nobody. Nobody. <laughs> except, oh, except, except me, of course. Yeah. By the way, I had 34-30. Uh, wasn't that far off. That's okay. pretty good. It's not bad. That's not bad. It's pretty good, Biff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did not have the sports almanac. Yes. <laughs> Jason, did a holding call determine the outcome of the game? It did not. <laughs> it did not. And when, other moments. And, and when... And when the guy that was called for the hold says, yeah, it was a yeah. hold, I was hoping they were not going to call it, done. Yeah, that's, that's going to be upheld in a court of law. <laughs> yeah, he, he admitted to the court. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and when the, the touchdown was almost scored early, yes. were you nervous that would be scored? Suddenly, 
you know, down like, at the like, one. That was a perfect that, play. That, that, that goes against play. everything any football player on yes. offense has ever been told. Do not score a touchdown. You have a wide open lane to the end zone, and every instinct says cross the plane, but you have to stop. I mean, it was perfect. It was, it was perfectly played. It was perfectly executed. And, again, we won. Okay. Uh, yeah. uh, were you a fun hang during this, or were you, like, Stressed out of your mind. Super oh, no, no, no. I was, I was, I was stressed. Yeah. yeah. No, normally we have a Super Bowl party, but with my team in it, I said, nope. <laughs> no, don't want like, that. Like, yeah. just in case, again, not that I was doubting or anything, but just in case I didn't want people around. <laughs> yeah. No, so, I, no, I get it. I get it. So, yeah. There, there has to be yes. a, it's, a, it, a secondary plan in place. Yes, there has to be a plan B. We have Steve, then Andy. Mm -hmm. Do you feel the same way? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think it's I think it's it's harder. I, I don't have I don't have an issue with that. Obviously, Andy is extremely high profile now, and they have the two wins, and it's guaranteed. Like he didn't need the second one to be a surefire Hall of Famer, in my opinion. No, no, first ballot. Yeah, first yeah. ballot. Yeah. N now, now that can completely go away for those that, that thought that. Now it's where is he on the all-time list? Cor correct. Yes, yeah. yeah. Steve Young is still the guy in terms of NFL. And what you think of BYU in the NFL, it's still that. But what Andy's doing right now, especially to be sort of the elder statesman, and for yep. him, they even talked about this, for him to be as innovative and the cutting edge of all of this stuff. Amazing. When everybody else that he's competing against are 30 years younger, that's pretty impressive. That's, that's like, really cool. Like normally the old guy doesn't know what's going on. That's the general stereotype. Right. No, no, no. He, he very much knows what's yes, going he's on. Still, he's still in charge yes, of, he is. of the innovation. You going to eat a cheeseburger to celebrate today? You might as no well. No bun. You better believe it. Let's go. All no protein. protein. He's all protein. All protein. We did it. We did it. Yes. So slide on out of here. Right. Hey, he's the only red on that's allowed way. on this set. Kansas City Chiefs red. And he's gone. <laughs> our thanks to today's guests, Brian Keel, Josh Taylor, Trey Jackson, and Jason Shepard. Sorry to Dennis Pitter. For Jeremiah and Spencer, shout out to John Tate. Well done. We'll see you tomorrow. Go Cougs. Congrats, Andy.